Before we get started today, I have a couple pieces of exciting news. Uh, first of all, we just passed 300,000 downloads uh, total for The Messy Studio. Uh, and on 146 episodes now, uh, we're pretty close to 2,000 downloads per episode, which is really exciting. And it's all thanks to you, our listeners, for sharing the show with people who you know will benefit from the message that we have here and who will really enjoy the content that we produce here every week for you. So thank you to everyone who has been sharing the show. And also thank you to everyone who has been using the Blick affiliate link. Uh, if you haven't bookmarked that already, it's MessyStudioPodcast.com slash Blick. There's also a link in the description for this episode. So when you order your art supplies online from Blick, uh, 10% of that goes to the Messy Studio and helps us pay for hosting and uh, for the equipment that we need to use in order to produce the show. And so that affiliate link is incredibly beneficial for us. So please make sure to bookmark that if you haven't already. And thank you to everyone who's been using it already. The second piece of exciting news that I have is that, as many of you know who are loyal listeners, I'm getting married. And if you're listening to this show on Saturday, October 10th, then tomorrow, October 11th, is my wedding day. So wish me luck. Uh, hopefully everything is going to go smoothly. We had a little hiccup with the venue, um, and I think I got that all sorted out. Uh, obviously, things are kind of complicated right now with trying to get married in the middle of everything that's happening and also trying to keep everyone safe uh, while we're doing that. So please uh, wish us luck. And Kara uh, and I will also be leaving on like a mini honeymoon, um, which is going to go for a few days this week. Um, and... I've promised that I'm not going to work while I'm on my honeymoon. So uh, I'm not going to do any work on the episode for next week until I get back. And we have that recorded and everything, um, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to have the production, the post-production work done in time to post it on Saturday. So the episode following this one may be a day or two late, uh, and I apologize for that in advance. Um, so I just wanted to give everyone a heads up about that. All right, that's it. On with the show. Hello and welcome to The Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's episode, we are talking about getting older and wiser. In many ways, art is a great leveler of personal differences among those who create it. In the pure first encounter between viewer and art, the age of an artist often has little or no impact. On the other hand, as artists, we know that many aspects of our personal lives do affect the content of our work and how we go about making it. Today, we're going to talk about some effects of aging on artists and their studio practices. With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. And I think about this topic because I myself am in my mid-60s, and um, I start you know, start thinking about aging and have been thinking about aging and how life and art practice look from this perspective. And of course, um, a lot of my friends and also my workshop students are kind of in this age bracket as well. And so even if you're listening to this as a younger person, I hope this will give you some thoughts about the road ahead. Um, and most of what we're going to talk about is quite upbeat, really. I think many people in their um, older years are feeling pretty good about what they've done and, and where they're at with their work. 
uh, our experiences of you know my my generation will be you know very different, of course. But I think there are probably aspects of creativity and aging that are pretty universal. Um, and I wanted to talk also about the people that are beginning to make art as older people. And this is true of many people that come to workshops. They are retired and have time now for something that they've put off uh, or had to put aside for career reasons for a long time. And many of them have the resources to pursue it. And so it's a different um, set of issues that people come in coming into it as beginners um, when they're older encounter. And I just like to spend a couple minutes um, acknowledging that group of people because I feel a lot of um, admiration for people taking on this challenge and, and going after this dream that they've had for a long time. And it's it's not easy um, to, to kind of feel that you're a bit late to the game. But there's so much, uh, you know, I've, I've seen in my workshops this kind of joy and excitement about discovering that they can make art and very eager to learn and grow in this new way, which is really good for your brain and your soul, I think. Uh, they often have a certain freedom, um, people that are in retirement years with some financial resources usually don't feel that economic need to deal with the art market and to sell their work. And so they're more free to just um, explore. And um, I guess it's really a way to process the long lives that they've had uh, and to, to discover new skills. Sometimes when, you know, when I talk about life as an artist or people that have been doing it for a long time, I imagine it must seem discouraging if you're just starting out and you're in your 60s or 70s and you don't have that full lifetime ahead of you to develop it. Um, but I think the fact that you have lived that many years and you've had all these life experiences, that you do have a lot to to say and, and to process about your life. Um and so it's you're coming at it at a different point in your life than you would have at you know twenty or thirty. Well, and it is interesting. I was thinking about as we were, um, you know, moving into this topic, uh, that uh, I I kind of feel like I'm I'm in my early thirties, so I'm I'm kind of in the first at the end of the first third of my life, really. And so I'm just starting to feel some of those effects of aging, um, and it's I, I I could probably predict how some of them are going to affect me in the long run. Um, you know, I was I was thinking about how I've gained a sense of focus, but I've I've lost some of my energy, um, and mm. uh, so I feel like my time is more effective. But it's very difficult for me to work those twelve or sixteen hour days. Um, which I used to do all through my twenties, and uh, and now I'm starting to slow down just a little bit. Um, yeah. And uh, and you're kind of at this point in your life where you're maybe like two thirds of the way through, and you still have several productive decades ahead of you if you're lucky. And, yeah. Uh, um. But you you do understand a little bit more what it is to to go through that process of aging. Yes. It. <laughs> and it's it's um. You know what you say about the energy level certainly is uh, true, and it it keeps <laughs> for me and probably most older artists it keeps going down. 
and yet the focus, the um, understanding of what we're doing grows. And so time is is kind of seen in a different way. And um, when I was getting ready for this episode, I um, sent an email to several friends of mine that I knew were well past middle age, um, around 60, maybe a little less, maybe more, and ask them, well, what do you think about this? What are, what are your thoughts? So I'm going to include some quotes from them in this podcast. And the topic you just mentioned definitely came up um, about focus, about what time we have, whether in the big picture, the amount of years we have left, or within any particular day, how we use that time. And uh, lots of other kind of interesting insights, uh, too. And just to um, touch back just for a second on the the group that I mentioned that are people um, starting to explore this as older people and the benefits of this, uh, besides just being able to pursue something that you know they want to and they haven't been able to, um, I looked at a couple of different articles online, um, different sources, Forbes magazine, Psychology Today, Journal of Aging Studies. And there's definitely a consensus that this uh, creative activity, creative pursuit uh, for older people is really beneficial. Um, And the Journal of Aging Studies mentioned um, increased morale and sense of purpose, lower feelings of depression or isolation, and that this kind of um, activity contributes to problem-solving skills, sense of autonomy, and mentioned that these things help older artists navigate everyday life in addition to what they do in the studio. So you're keeping sharp, you're keeping your problem-solving skills intact, um, and and being challenged in so many ways. So that's really good um, for you as a person as you get older and I think the people that are entering it as older people will be able to take advantage of, you know, some of that as well. If you're listening to that, to this as a younger person, um, I guess it's a way of saying don't dismiss this for just being about older people, because I, I believe that your lifelong involvement in art would boost those benefits too and, and help with your own aging process as you get to that point. Do you have any um, thoughts for younger viewers about what they should be focused on when they're young? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really ask the question of the people I wrote to, but there's this sort of thing about, well, what would you tell your younger self or what would you tell younger people? Um, and, you know, from the perspective of being older and I guess I would say to always respect that creative drive. Um, if you have it, it's it's one of the most important parts of a fulfilling life, um, and that and to to look for role models who are older. Um, I I definitely have those myself. I mean, I'm looking at people who are in their seventies, late seventies, and eighties uh, now, and saying, "Yes, you know, I I want to be you because you." <laughs> you still have the drive, the energy, the motivation, and you're producing great work. And that can happen at any age, Look, looking ahead and seeing um, seeing what, how, I guess, how rich life can be when you, when you pursue this. And if you have another career and you don't have time and you have a family and all these things, there are many reasons people cannot do this full time. But if you have the urge to always be doing something, you know, always set aside some time 
and um, do what you can do and maybe occasionally take time off for a workshop or something like that. I think that it's important no matter what age you are to play to your strengths. And so I, I think if I was going to talk to myself, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, um, you know, what I'd say is uh, right now you have a lot of energy and you're able to learn a lot of new things. And I would encourage younger people who are listening to this to um, to try a lot of things and to not worry about focusing too in depth on any one thing, but to try to accumulate a very broad knowledge base and as many skills as possible, and then start refining that as you age and focusing a little bit more on things that can be grouped together and to be in skills that can be used together mm-hmm. towards a single focus. And I think a lot of people do start out um, even within you know the the art realm of trying different media. And, um, you know, if you, if you go through an academic course, you're going to be taking sculpture and drawing and all these different things. If you don't, um, you can still pursue whatever interests you and see what grabs you because you don't necessarily know until you find it, what, what's going to be your medium and what's going to be your approach to art. And yeah, like you say, just to be, um, very open and energetic, take advantage of that energy when you're, when you're younger. And I think the energy just sort of, it just sort of condenses as you get older. You don't really lose energy per se. You just put it in different ways. You know, you just focus it more, um, there's a tendency as we age, and I, I feel this myself, that we tend to wish that we had narrowed our focus sooner and um, been able to uh, buckle down and, and you know work on one thing or work on one set of things instead of having such a broad focus. Um, but that's just not really the way that we function when we're young. We don't have that ability for a lot of us. Some of us do, but most of us are... Um, a little bit, a little bit more scattered than that right. when we're young, and I think that there are benefits to that. Um, and uh, as we age, it it may be uh, difficult to see the benefits that 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 scattered approach had. Yeah, um, but when if we can try a lot of things, then we find out what we're really good at, and we find out where to really apply our time effectively. Yeah, I think that all makes sense, and you you just. Um you know, you'll look at it differently the older you get, and you see that one thing leads to another. And yes, we've all put time and energy into things that didn't really work out, but it just seems to be part of the process um, of of getting getting to where you want to be. And kind of speaking to all of this, I wanted to start with a quote from Phyllis Lachey, um, kind of commenting on this that sense of time and and making also making the most of. Um, her later years. And she said, as I age, my work has become more abstracted, textural, and welcoming of imperfections and ambiguous readings. Being a short time on the planet has definitely pushed me to prioritize my art making. When I die, I would like to do so knowing that against the odds, I worked hard and made the most of my passion for art. And Phyllis did have another career as a nurse. And this is something, but she's been pursuing it with a lot of focus um, in her retirement and is a really great example of somebody throwing themselves into this and, and really doing well with what she does. Um, one of the things that came through in 
a lot of the uh, comments that I received back were a sense of gratitude. Um, and it's something I think as we age, we acknowledge more and more um, as a uh, as an uplifting energy kind of going into things because we know we we look back at our lives and we see yes there's really been challenges and hard times and there's also so much to be grateful for and so a couple of quotes kind of about that eve ozer wrote as i grow into my years i feel immensely blessed that i have had this form of salvation and sanity called art making unlike many other human endeavors with the exception of golf, which bores me to tears. <laughs> this is something I can do well into my septuagenarian decade and hopefully well beyond. Um, and we just uh, talked about Eve's work in the uh, episode about collage recently, and she does many other types of artwork as well. Um, Allison B. Cook said, at age 60, after three decades of teaching art at the college level, I finally fulfilled a, long, a lifelong dream to paint full-time. The last five years has often felt like a perpetual artist residency. I'm super grateful and loving my time in the studio every day. And many people like Allison who have been involved their whole lives have spent a lot of that time focused on teaching, whether at college level, high school, grade school, uh, giving, giving to others. And and having to put off this absolute full focus until they retired. But those years of teaching also so beneficial to uh, understanding a lot about art, how to talk about it, how to put it into words, you know, how to uh, convey what you want to convey, communication. And so um, the, the bit of teaching that I've done, I, I can say it really helps you grow. And even if you're not actually doing your own work that much during the time, it's part of that mixture that um, builds up over time in your life. And um, I wanted to quote a little bit from Diane McGregor, a painter in Santa Fe. And she said, I'm going to paraphrase here. This isn't an exact quote, but uh, she said that with, she said along with aging, um, She's experienced solitude as a result of um, becoming a widow a couple of years ago, and also currently because of COVID-19. And in this solitude, uh, she's become um, much more clear about her work. She's kind of untangled herself from earlier influences or maybe over-influences um, from outside of herself, from uh, things she knows about galleries, things she reads about, things about other artists. Um, and now feeling really free to be herself. And she said, and this is a quote, I am finally able to hear my own voice. Um, again, that long process of learning things and then sort of breaking free uh, at an older age is something I think a lot of people experience. Uh, Real quick, I want to let everyone know about what's new with Squeegee Press. Squeegee Press has now undergone its beautiful transformation to become Cold Wax Academy. And what's more, for everyone who enjoys using their special cold wax tools, all sizes of the SP Create Squeegees are now back in stock. 
Rebecca and her partner, Jerry McLaughlin, are also launching their online live learning sessions as part of the new membership program, and all sessions will be recorded for future viewing by members. For more information and to become a member of Cold Wax Academy, please visit their website at www.coldwaxacademy.com and click on the membership button. That's www.coldwaxacademy.com and hit the membership button. All right, let's get back into it. Thanks, Ross. So thinking about gratitude in my my own life, I, I've been uh, really grateful for art as a way to process experience, especially because I, I'm, I feel very connected uh, to the natural world. I spend a lot of time outside and walking. And this um, what do I do with that? You know, I've always kind of wondered what would I do with those experiences if I didn't paint? Because I often find the world out there so incredibly rich and beautiful. And so to have the voice and art to be able to express that um, is something I really uh, feel grateful for. Um, and it's also, art has also allowed me to have this career based on what I love to do. And, and that's a very special thing. I think that, um, gratitude is in many ways kind of opposite of, uh, bitterness, which is another emotion that it's easy to fall into as we age. Um, it is. Yeah. Cause we all do go through these very difficult experiences in our lives and it can be very easy to spiral into those and to do nothing but think about the pot, the the negative experiences right and um and become bitter over what has happened to us in our lives and in gratitude we can really focus on the positives and there are always um very positive things that we've experienced as well yeah and and art is a way of the of um it's it's therapeutic as many people know when they when they have been through something difficult if they can continue making their art it's often a way out of a very um sad time or difficult time it's oh absolutely way, it's a way of dealing with your feelings and um it's it's sort of in terms of gratitude is it's both the source of gratitude that you can feel really grateful that you can do this and it's the expression of gratitude oftentimes uh whether it's direct or indirect and i'm i'm kind of talking about underlying feelings about it it's not uh it's not that i sit down to a painting and say uh, now i'm going to express my gratitude for whatever it's just part of the process um and it's it's an important one so um I think another thing that was picking up from pe things people wrote was this kind of awareness of how life is very complex. And as we mentioned um, a little bit earlier, there's a lot of um, things you don't necessarily see until you're older about how one thing led to another. Uh, and also that there's often a difference between what you thought was going to happen when you were younger, your expectations or just... It's always hard to imagine what's ahead, but we all do. So um, whatever you thought when you were um, in your 20s or 30s was going to happen may or may not. And it may be very different, and it may be just as good or better than you imagined. But that difference between the reality of what comes about and what you imagined. Um, 
And so when you're older, you look back and say, oh, yeah, I thought this was going to happen or that, but actually something else entirely, or uh, or maybe sometimes a little bit of a letdown feeling that it didn't turn out quite as you as you hoped. I mean, I kind of remember coming out of graduate school and imagining that at some point, um, you know, I was going to I was going to really hit the big time in New York or something. I mean, it's not even important to me anymore. But I remember having the feeling of, uh, I really should go to New York, but life wasn't lining up that way. And and I let it go. And as it's turned out, it's it's been such an excellent um, life so far that I never I never regret that. Um, but I have a quote from uh, Deborah Mursky, and we just profiled her in the. Um, episode about collage. And she said, as an artist of advanced age, I feel things deeper than ever, both the joy of unbridled creative endeavor and the utter despair of regret. I thought as I aged, I would come to a sense of pride of accomplishment, but that still eludes me. And I I found this to be a a very uh, honest statement, which I appreciated. um, Because as I said, it it's it shows that difference between what maybe was imagined and but what i also think it it shows is that we we're always sort of striving for something that's just out of reach and i think when we're younger we think there's some kind of signpost or something that says you you've arrived you know you you made it uh and you know you're on the cover of art news or something and whatever it is but we sort of think we'll know when we get there and I don't think that's usually true. I mean, not for myself or Deborah, I guess. Uh, and, you know, you always feel like, well, I'm not quite there. I, it's around the corner yet. And that keeps you going. Uh, and that I think that's fine. But it can, um, it can make it hard to appreciate what you have accomplished. And that because you think, well, I'm not quite there yet. So these other things were just leading up to whatever it is. <laughs> and it's funny that we can still feel that way, even in our 60s or 70s, that uh, you know all these things we've done just don't quite add up to whatever it is that we think should happen or might happen or something. Um, and it, it's just it's just a fact of life, I guess. You know, we're kind of always not quite there. Right. It's a, it's a fact of human psychology and Mm -hmm. the human condition that we, we always desire increase no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's that, that does keep us motivated. It keeps us pushing towards that next step. Um, but it can, it, uh, it can also result in feelings of despair if things aren't going quite as fast as we want them to, or, or the direction that we want them to. Um, and, uh, and it can make it difficult to, to notice how far that we've already come. You know, if you look back over the past couple decades at virtually anyone can look at their life and, and see increase, um, on a, on a long enough timeline. But Mm -hmm. a lot of times that process is very slow and it, it doesn't result in that feeling of, of having achieved what you have. It's, uh, it's, it's much easier to see that next hurdle than it is to see all the ones you've already jumped over. Yeah, true enough. And, and we, you know, there may be a gradual, there is a gradual progression, but we also have these setbacks and we have these times that are difficult. And, um, and I think everyone has unfulfilled 
plans and ambitions that they they just never did, you know, and they never got around to or life didn't work out that way. And those things can make you feel like you haven't quite done what you meant to do. Um, but yes, you have done a lot. And and it's it's sort of hard to really, for some people at least, hard to acknowledge that. I, I feel that way myself. Um, I, I relate to that idea because uh, people um, express to me that, you know, appreciation for my work and for my teaching. And it's very heartfelt and it's very touching to me, but yet kind of hard to process. Like I don't really understand that this is this is true. I mean, for me, it's just like, well, this is what I do, you know, sort of you take your own stuff for granted sometimes, and it's hard for you to imagine that other people uh, are getting something out of it, whether it's from your work itself or something that you've done for them. Um, and yet it's so important to keep expressing that if to other people. Why is it hard to express it to ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> but And some people probably don't have that problem, but it's, it's been hard for me to understand my own... Um, uh, what I've accomplished or achieved, and are you familiar with the uh, the myth of Sisyphus? Mm-hmm. Yes, pushing the rock. <laughs> yes, pu- pushing the boulder up the hill. And in the in the myth, every time he gets near the top, it rolls to the bottom, and he has to start from square one. But in life, as a, if that's like a uh, uh, an allegory for what we all kind of. Are, we're all continually pushing that rock up that hill. It's more like we just never reach the top. Like it's always just out of reach. Right. Hopefully it doesn't roll down to the bottom again. Yeah. <laughs> Sisyphus aside. Okay. Um, so, uh, and the last kind of thing I wanted to touch on that that people mentioned, which is so true, and you brought it up right at the beginning about how time changes and, and we adapt to changes. Um, we see them differently. And, and many artists retain the ability to be very flexible, and I think that's another great advantage of the creative life. We we learn flexibility every day in the studio, uh, and flexibility in other aspects of life. I, I tend to think there's some bleed through there. So I want to quote from a couple people. Um, Ginny Herzog, who is now in her 70s, uh, wrote, after painting for over 40 years, I feel I'm on top of my game. And and, and as a, an aside, I love that phrase, on top of my game. And sometimes I feel that way too when I'm in the studio and everything's coming together. And you say, yes, this is, this is the result of many, many uh, years of experience and practice. And it's all kind of coming to fruition now. So uh, Ginny said, um, after... Over 40, for over 40 years, she's been practicing her work, and I feel I'm on top of my game, both in sales and the quality of my work. But with COVID, all shows are canceled, and I need a new marketing plan for moving forward. So Ginny um, has been really successful taking her paintings to art fairs for many years, um, and traveling all over the country to do this, and so she's saying here, well, all of a sudden, that's gone. And she was in top, you know, the top prestigious juried art fairs around the country, connecting with people at every fair and often, um, you know, meeting up with those same people year after year, and they wanted to see her new work. And she'd really developed this incredible network. 
And so um, she that's all she wrote in her first email, because I had asked people to be kind of succinct. But when she talked about this um, shift in marketing plan, I, I had to write back and say, so what's up, you know? And uh, she described that she has a new plan uh, to interact more directly with the collectors, with the people that over time, over the many years, have become her loyal collectors. And and she's going to start interacting with them in their homes and more directly. So I just felt, um, you know, a lot of admiration for her ability to shift gears and reinvent what she does um, in her 70s. Um, and I have a quote from... Another um, artist, Kai Harper Lee, and she's talking about um, this idea that we lose some physical stamina as we age. She says, what I've noticed is that I work in shorter periods of time, that it no longer matters to me how long I paint. That's not a thing anymore. I spend as much time as I need to complete a painting, and when I think I'm done, I put it on a shelf in the studio and I look at it some more. And sometimes I spend a little more time on it. There's something even about the rhythm of the way she writes. It's kind of like, yep, take it, you know, one thing at a time. There's no rush. It's all just taking the time that it needs. And that's a real freedom of aging um, that just, it is a different approach to time when you don't have as many pressures on you coming from the outside world and being able to um, kind of relax into it and say it takes what it takes um, the the finish line is not so much the point <laughs> uh, and I I feel this way uh, as you mentioned the the actual hours diminish as you get older and at this point I I mean if I spend two hours in the studio at one point during a day and take a break, and then come back and do maybe another hour or two, at the most, three or four hours a day. And yet, it's not a lot of hours, and yet a lot gets done. And it's that uh, focus that I feel like the channel is so much more clear than it used to be. And also, um, another aspect of adapting that I think a lot of artists have been through is different types of studios that they've had. And they can look back and say, oh, yeah, I worked in the corner of my bedroom when I got started or something. And now I have this nice studio. And and maybe I'm back to working in the corner of my bedroom because of COVID or whatever. Um, but knowing that we can and will work anywhere is an example of the kind of thing you can look back and say, look what, look what I have overcome. You know, look what I have done. And... Um, it's it's encouraging going into your later years. Sometimes I imagine myself in a nursing home or something. Uh, not that I want to think of that, but if I end up there, will I have a sketchbook nearby or something? I mean, it's hard to imagine that I would ever stop actually doing something. Yeah, something that that strikes me um, with uh, with what we're talking about here is that when there are disasters that happen in our lives, either personal disasters or large scale disasters, there can often be a sense that we've lost everything, um, that, uh, that the boulder is rolling back down the mountain. Um, but we never have to start from square one because the things that are most valuable can actually never be taken from us. And that's our, 
our life skills and our experiences and our our network, our our friends and our family. Um, and it's very it's we can lose a lot of our material possessions. Um, and that that happens. It's happened in my life. I'm I can only assume it's probably going to happen again throughout life where we go through slumps. We we take losses. Um, we've all taken a massive loss this year, I think. Um, but there's there's always more that we have than what we think we have. And as we age, the the accumulation of those skills and experiences becomes a, a great source that you can draw from. Mm-hmm. So do you have any, those are my final thoughts. Do you have any final <laughs> thoughts of your own to wrap up this episode? I, I thought maybe I'd end with a quote from the artist Sarah Post that she wrote because it's a good one. I'll let Sarah have the last word here. And she said, for me, aging has brought huge gifts mostly in terms of freedom from family caregiving, work obligations, but also freedom to pause, to think more deeply about things, spend hours walking and taking uninterrupted time in the studio, the freedom to indulge my curiosity about all sorts of things. In terms of my work itself, I no longer feel obliged to stick to a certain style, to reward the expectations of others, or really to even give it a thought. Making artwork has steadily become a thing of the moment and of trying faithfully to record that. Well, that just about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. For more from The Messy Studio, please check out www.messystudiopodcast.com and sign up for the email list. You can also find The Messy Studio on Facebook as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. For more from Rebecca Kroll, please check out www.rebeccacroll.com and www.squeegeepress.com and sign up for the email lists to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. The Messy Studio Podcast is a core publication management production. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.